Yes, I'm lost. I'm lost. Find me. But guess what? You're not lost. You're right here listening to Sci-Fi Guy. And as always, I'm Will as your host. That brings back so many memories. Land of the Lost. It's not even funny. It was one of my favorite shows as a child. And it still is one of my favorite shows. Let's do a little background with each other. Where were you in the 1970s? Maybe you were yet to be born. But if you were a kid watching Saturday morning TV in 1974, you were probably watching the Marshalls, as in Will Holly and their dad, Rick Marshall. So wait a minute, you haven't watched the show? You've no interest? Maybe you think it's merely some old kid show and you shouldn't waste your time. Well, I'm going to say it outright to you. You're wrong. Yep, Land of the Lost is geared to children, to be sure. But just like Harry Potter... Or say classic Peanuts from Charles Schultz. It's, or The Hobbit. Say The the Hobbit, Lord of the Rings. It's the kind of entertainment that anyone can love and admire. Sure, more geared to children, kids, but anyone can get into it. So, as usual, we love to go to the source, right? Wikipedia. How did they describe the show? Land of the Lost is notable for its epic scale concept, which suggested an expansive world with many fantastic forms of life, and mysterious technology, all created in a children's series limited production budget. And that really is the key. If you see these things, of course, you know, you're not going to get digital, you're not going to get computer, you're going to get some pretty old effects. But as effects go, not too shabby. <laughs> you know, and as a kid, I was five or six years old, of course it impressed, but I've rewatched the episodes, you know, recently, still kind of hold up. All right, now this part is really cool. Again, from the, the wiki, To support the internal mythology, linguist Victoria Fromkin was commissioned to create a special language for the Pakuni. Those were the ape guys, sort of the uh, caveman-esque, you know, chimp-like, you know, caveman uh, species, sort of. uh, They look like chimps or, you know, men or boys or, you know, little people like chimps. Anyway, which she based on the sounds of West African speech and attempted to build into the show in a gradual way that would allow viewers to learn the language over the course of many episodes. The series' intention was to create a realistic fantasy world, albeit relying heavily on children's acceptance of minor inconsistencies. So now again, the look of the show. Sure, it was cheap, certainly compared to you know shows of today. But back then, it to me, it was probably one of the better kid shows in terms of you know live action. And there weren't many live action shows. So that's another uh, you know, reason, another way that Land of the Lost stood out. We had all these cartoons, animated shows, which are great, but Land of the Lost was real. It was live action. So now who was the real core villains and the antagonists, the, the baddies? And that was the Slee Stack. And who were they created by? Michael Westmore. Familiar name to you Star Trek fans? Well, Michael Westmore did all the makeup designs for the Next Gen Era shows, all Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, and Voyager. I think he might have done Enterprise as well, but Michael Westmore, one of the true stars of Hollywood makeup. And also, Star Trek writers like DC Fontana, David Gerald, were among the Trek writers who made Land of the Lost so intelligent and compelling. And many well-respected writers in the sci-fi field contributed scripts, including Larry Niven, Theodore Stur- uh, Sturgeon, Ben Bova, and Norman Spinrad. And again, DC Fontana, Walter Koning. Chekhov himself, 
wrote episodes of Land of the Lost. If you buy the DVDs, you can hear DC Fontana, Walter Koenig, and David Gerald doing, uh, you know, commentary interviews and, and audio commentary in the discs. And Walter Koenig, best known, of course, as Star Trek's Ensign Chekhov, had a creative aspect that was very lasting in Land of the Lost. He created Enoch, the main sort of slee stack, the future slee stack. Um, it was originally named Eneg, E-N-E-G, Gene spelled backwards as sort of an in-joke to his, of course, former boss, Star Trek creator, Gene Roddenberry. Now, it's interesting. I remember as a kid, in the, going into the third season, the dad, you know, Rick Marshall, he left. He, was, he went missing. Why did the actor leave the series? Let's once again go to the source wiki. Spencer Milligan, the actor who played the dad, Rick, departed at the beginning of the third season for financial reasons. In addition to a salary increase, he felt the cast should receive compensation for using their images on merchandise. His character, Rick Marshall, was replaced by his brother, Jack Marshall, played by Ron Harper. And Ron would go on to do Planet of the Apes, the TV show series, which is one of my favorites as well with David Norton. Anyway, Milligan did not return for the brief scene where he was leaving, you know, like he was going back to sort of, you know, reality to the, to the real time and world, uh, showing Rick Marshall being transported out of the land of the So one of the show's crews, one of the show's crew played him wearing a wig resembling Milligan's hair and standing with his back to the camera. Honestly, I have to say after that, it sort of jumped the shark. Uh, nothing against Ron Harper, but the right, the writing, you know, the direction kind of dipped. There was some good episodes in the third season, but it sort of, it sort of waned. It sort of jumped the shark. Um, so there, there you have it. I mean, you know, again, I I realize that when you see posters of it or people talk about it, if you if you haven't seen it, if you didn't grow up with it like I did, you might say, oh, it's just a kids show. I'm telling you, Star Trek writers wrote a lot of these episodes. Uh, Walter Keening created. Enoch, the, 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 you know, the future sleaze stock. He was sort of, a, you know, a, a Spockish character and he was awesome. And then the voice of the actor, you know, cause they were all these lizard sleaze stack costumes with the voice was excellent. And for the time, the effects were pretty good. You know, they served, they definitely were better than a lot of, uh, you know, shows for ch- kids back then. And, you know, maybe that's not saying much cause a lot of them were cheap and, you know, primitive by our, our standards today, but the, the crux and the core of it is the writing and the stories. You know, and the, the acting was always very good, too. So so I hope this gets you to seek out and watch the show. I know you'll find it at least interesting, if not as compelling as maybe I, I still find it. And uh, take a chance. As usual, thanks for listening. Live long and prosper, and we'll see you soon.